Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's Robin. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. Okay, we're talking today about something that's pretty serious, something that I think we need to know. It's one of those topics that like, I don't think you don't know what you don't know. And we're talking about summer safety myths. And we're also going to talk about summer safety traps. And I have an expert on today who my goodness, she has spent many, many years of her life dedicated to keeping kids safe. And, you know, we were talking before we hit record about Canada versus US and, and, you know, what sort of, you know, if there's any differences and really what we want to start by saying is the toys that are made and that we're talking about, if they're in the States, then it does, it can relate to Canada. There may be different regulations and that sort of thing. We're not going to get into that. We're just going to talk about the different kinds of myths and traps that are out there so that you can be prepared this summer and beyond because this information is updated all the time. So Without further ado, let me introduce you to Joan Siff. She is the president of the nonprofit Watch Incorporated, which is a nationally recognized consumer advocate. As the president of Watch, she provides a critical role in informing the public about child safety issues. For almost three decades, she has presented Watch's internationally known annual 10 Worst Toys List and initiated Watch's Summer Safety Conference, providing parents and caregivers with year-round access to children's safety topics. Joan, thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to talk to you. Robin, thank you so much for having me. 
You know, you are exactly the person that I love, the type of person I should say that I love having on my show because you are able to talk about things that I'm not an expert in, that I don't know about and really provide so much values to my, so much value to my listeners now and for the future. So I just can't tell you how excited I am to talk to you and learn myself about really what we don't know. Well, I, Robin, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about safety and child safety uh, because you, you already hit on a really important point that it's hard to guard against safety traps that you don't know about. Um, so, so really talking about the issues, sharing information, it, it can save lives. Wow. Yes, absolutely. And that's what we're here to do. So let's just dive right in then. Let's talk about what some summer safety myths are. So um, when it comes to safety, uh, myths are not just misinformation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They really, um, myths can put children at a greater risk of injury. So it is really important to dispel some of these myths. Um, One that I like to start with because it's so important is the myth or the assumption that everything on a toy store shelf or everything that you see online that's sold for children or marketed children is safe. This Mm. simply is not true. And just realizing that um, is a huge first step in protecting children. Um, Another myth that I, I, it's really important to talk about this time of year with, you know, all of us spending time outdoors in the warm weather and the kids being around water so much um, is that you will hear a, tri- a child who is drowning. Um, this is just uh, not reality. In reality, most of the time, unlike in the movies, there's no screaming or splashing. It's silent and it can happen in an instant. And, um, you know, when you put yourself in a scenario that could happen this summer, you know, you're at a pool party with adults and children and the children are swimming and Parents are turning away for a second to grab, you know, uh, you know, a burger off the grill or something. Right. Literally, could just take that instant for a tragedy to happen, and um, and that's just something that may not be, you know, top of people's minds. You're right. I didn't think about that. That it would be silent. Okay, yeah. so let me ask you something quickly. Um, you just said not every toy that's sold in a toy store is safe for kids, right? So, so you started with that. So do you mean that it's not safe for all kids? Do you mean that like it needs, you need to follow the ages on the box or could it just be that it's actually toxic materials within the toy itself and not safe for any kids without name? Well, I don't know if we name names, I don't know. So all of it and more. Um, there's, there's so many different situations. Um, sometimes, um, a, uh, talking about toys, sometimes a toy is not safe because it was, wasn't manufactured well. So it has a piece, um, that can, uh, there's actually a school bus on the bookshelf behind me. That's an example of that. It has a piece that can fall off. That's not supposed to fall off. That particular toy oh. school bus has a little wheel sold to young children as a little wheel that can come off a choking hazard. Uh, Sometimes the toy, uh, just the toy's design uh, is inherently not safe. Um, You know, there's just so many different scenarios. Sometimes you can find warnings and instructions, uh, for instance, that um, 
aren't realistic to follow in real life. So again, the toy just, you know, that may be something parents and caregivers decide is not a toy they want for their children. But it really is shocking, to be honest. I've been doing this for a lot of years. And it's shocking that every year we keep finding toys on the market that are out there, you know, available uh, for purchase and, you know, to for children to play with today that aren't safe. And, um, and it's not like they're new issues. We're talking, you know, risk of, you know, small parts that can choke young children, such a serious prevalent issue. We're talking strings that can strangle children, toxic materials, um, lead and other chemicals. Um, the list goes on and on. And, and there are just well-known hazards that reappear year after year, uh, often in new toys. And it's really? just, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was actually you answered, you partly answered my next question, which is what is your definition of safe or not safe? Because we're talking about anything from what extreme, what low risk to high risk. I mean, I think we can guess what the high risk is, but what, like, what, what is, what is that definition? Um, well, you know, every, I, I put it back in the in uh, parents and caregivers' hands. You know, each family has to decide for themselves what their threshold is. But you right. know, in terms of safety, toys or children's products that have injured uh, children in the past and have led to deaths, um, in my opinion, would be unsafe. Toys that have the potential that haven't injured children yet, but have the potential because they have characteristics that are similar to toys that were recalled or to toys that injure kids, you know, that's, that's a red flag too. So is it safe to say that we're looking at toys that can do anything from pinch or cut a child all the way to kill a child? Like Absolutely. is that the range? Okay. 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 And then drowning. So you, you just said drowning is silent one of the things that I remember being so worried about with my own kids and they're teenagers now, so I'm not so worried about it, but is this, uh, drowning after the fact, right? I forget what it's called. I want to say dry. There's a couple names for one is dry drowning, dry drowning. Yeah. That's what I wrote down in my little note here. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Is, so is that a myth? Is that real? Is that part of your, it's not, it's not a myth. And um, there are different, one is dry drowning and it's like a collection of fluid in the lungs. And, and the, so dry drowning, it's not common, it's rare, but it's more common with children. So it is something I like to bring up because although it's rare, it's a, it's a real risk. Um, it has led to severe consequences and it's worth uh, parents really checking in with their pediatricians and saying, uh, what is it that I should look for? Um, in terms of this, uh, because, um, you know, now, so some of the symptoms, for instance, may, may mimic some early COVID symptoms, difficulty breathing. So it's just really good to know what to look for. Um, and it's a type of drowning, um, that happens after your child's out of the water. So it can happen Mm -hmm. right after, or, um, I've heard even a couple hours after, but it's something to be aware of because it does happen as, as infrequent as it is, it does happen. Okay. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Okay. And so if you think your child is experiencing symptoms related to dry dr- drowning, you would take them to the hospital right away? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. So, uh, thank you for letting me interrupt you. Uh, now back to the list. <laughs> uh, well, the, well, one other uh, water safety myth that I um, actually wanted to to bring up um, was that one myth is that only large bodies of water are drowning hazards, and um, this is a another important myth to dispel uh, because young children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Um, and that means what that means for us as parents and families is that there are, you know, unexpected dangers in our backyards that we may not know about. Um, if you're out gardening and in the house, exactly. Uh, a bathtub, maybe, you know, you finished the bath and you left water in it. Um, and if you're outside gardening, a bucket, uh, children have gotten injured with buckets, young children, um, pool covers, something I didn't know about until I started doing this work uh, can fill up with rainwater yes. and uh, children have been injured in the water that collects in pool covers. Um, but what one common source of shallow water um, that's important because so many people have these are the baby pools, uh, which are great, you know, relatively inexpensive, they're yeah. portable, really easy way uh, to, for your kid to have fun and cool down in the summer but really important after you use them to empty the water and then turn them upside down because there's another chance for it to become a hazard if it rains and it collects rainwater. So right. you just want to make sure that there's no chance of water collecting in that and other items in your backyard and fountains. Um, just something right. to really, really be aware of. Okay. That's great. Thank you for that. That's, that's a great, it's a great tip. All right. Keep going. Um, the, uh, <laughs> The, so uh, another myth is just because something is popular means that it's safe. Mm. This is not the case. Um, but, you know, it, we want it to be the case because it yeah. feels good to have, you know, a sense of security that something's safe. And, um, and we all have different ways of vetting activities for our kids. But for instance, um, mm. bounce houses. Uh, really popular for backyard birthday parties. Uh, people rent them. Uh, really popular at school events, at totally. uh, town fairs. Um, but nobody expects their child to go to their friend's backyard birthday party and uh, then get a call saying that there's been a tragedy. And that's, that's actually what's been happening. And um, we've been raising awareness about this hazard for years. Um, and then every year there are more injuries and, um, and I mean, serious injuries. So what happens is these bounce houses uh, can get uh, blown over by the wind or blown into the air. Um, and there, this past year, there was an incident where the wind pulled a bounce house 30 feet into the air. Um, four children died and five were uh, seriously injured. And it's, it's really a tragedy. And Again, this is something I, I didn't know about until I started doing this work. And so it's an important message to get out there. Wow. You know, uh, both of my boys have been really hurt. One by a trampoline, the other by a, uh, it, was, it was a construction like set. It was a set with like a little tool belt, a little hammer, a little measuring tape. 
you know, all these different little mini tools. And one day uh, in the summer, my kids were playing funny enough. It was the summer we were, we were all on holiday. So at the time we were all home and um, my older son, the way our stairs work, we have a, we have a set of stairs, then a little landing, then they change direction and they go up the other way. And so my son was at the very top of the stairs and he took the measuring tape and he kind of fashioned it around the pole of the, the stair uh, banister and hung it all the way down to the, to the first floor and told my little son to go swing on it like he oh was gosh. Tarzan. So this, because it was like junior edition of the, the, the tools, this was a metal measuring tape and it sliced my, my poor baby's hands apart. And, um, he, so he came to me and kind of was showing me his hands that I thought he was impaled at first. It was the, probably the biggest moment, one of the biggest moments of terror I have ever faced. And, uh, and so to make a long story short, he did end up having to get stitches right away, but then he had to have surgery after the fact, plastic surgery to fix the tendons because he's lacerated the tendons in his fingers. He has a nasty scar. His finger looks a little funny. Uh, it's grown okay and everything, but he can't bend the tip of his finger at all. And it doesn't matter what they do. They could go in and have surgery again, but you know, oh, do you want to do that? So, you know, it took years for us to really see where he, what would happen to him. Then my other son, and I might've talked about this before, probably have, he was at a day camp and did a backflip on a competition style trampoline. And he, you know, the last words I said to him were, don't do a backflip. Don't do any backflips. And he did. And he literally tore his kneecap off of his knee uh, when he landed. It's called a, a patella tendon evulsion fracture. We, you know, I was called back. I was literally leaving the, the parking lot. I was called back right away. We went to the local hospital and they're like, oh, we can't help this. And we were actually on vacation literally at that time. So summer again, and we had to drive from where we were four hours back to home to go to the children's hospital, the provincial children's hospital here um, to get him fixed. And it changed his life forever. So um, I just thought I'd add that in because we had some pretty bad experiences and it can happen. And like my son with his knee, he has a scar that is literally, I'm giving you about six inches here. It's that long. And the way he scars, it's a really big, thick scar too. And it's all, like, it's an ugly looking knee. It is not a normal looking knee. So like this stuff is real. It does happen. And like, none of that did I see coming. Well, maybe the backflip, but not that injury. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry that both of uh, yeah. those things happened. I mean, it's so Thank difficult you. when a child gets injured. I mean, you experience firsthand twice, it affects the child and the family. And it's um, oh, it does. So, so tragic. I'm so sorry. And um, yeah, the, you know, the, the toy set with the, the tape that could lacerate a hand. I mean, that should never have been sold as a toy. And you think about, I mean, it's just ridiculous that no sold as a toy could do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like a knife, you know, it's metal, it's sharp. Even the ones that we use, I'm scared of them now, you know, that button that makes it retract really fast. I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't want to touch it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, Robin, as much as, you know, I talk about these are the, you know, what, what parents 
safety tips that parents should know that could help, you know, prevent injuries. You know, when it comes down to it, the onus really shouldn't be on the parents, particularly when we're talking about toys made for entertainment for children. You know, toys like that should never really get to the marketplace in the first in the first place. There should be, you know, pre-market testing. And I mean, you know, kids aren't guinea pigs. Everything should be tested before it gets into their hands. Um, so one of some of the work that we do is not just providing information to families, parents, and, and caregivers, but is also you know putting some pressure on the industry to raise yeah. the standards and make sure that products are are tested, designed, and manufactured well be- before you know they get into our kids' you know toy boxes, schools, uh, yard sales. You know once it, once the toy's out there, it's you know um, it's just you can't can't get it back. I mean, even if there's a recall, it doesn't reach all the toys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I do feel let down. I do feel like that shouldn't have happened. Why did that have to happen? You know that, that, yeah. So um, can you, can you give us maybe one more myth? And then I'd like to sort of transition into some of the traps. And I want to preface this by saying too, that you know, you do have a, a website that we're going to talk about that has um, has some really great information on it as well. So, um, yeah, do you mind giving us a, a myth, another myth or two, and then uh, and then we'll go into what some of the the summer safety traps are. Sure. Well, they're they're kind of intertwined, the traps and okay. and, and the myths. So we can probably okay. cover um, some at the same same time. Um, but um, so uh, one one th- so one myth is. And I mean, it kind of relates to your story, you know, just because something is a toy or, or looks cute and innocent, you know, does not mean that it can't hurt a child. Um, we see, you know, the most adorable dolls that have eyes that can fall off and be choking hazards. Oh, um, one of the items on the, on the list this year um, are high powered magnets and we have talked about this issue for many years. And there was a recent recall of a toy uh, with a high-powered magnet. They present um, really terrible, terrible risk of injuries to children. Um, what happens is when children swallow them, they attach to each other in the intestines and combine the intestines. And um, so uh, one, one young child this past year uh, lost part of her intestines and her appendix. Uh, because of the high powered magnets. So these aren't magnets like, you know, that we may know from growing up that were on our grandparents' refrigerators. Uh, these are often 30 times more powerful than those magnets. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be sold as, as toys. Sometimes they're sold as uh, desk toys for adults. Um, okay. But, you know, very few people live in an environment where there are no children and, mm-hmm those desk toys for adults are finding their way into children's mouths. Even children, you know, I, what I've um, heard is, you know, children that don't normally put things in their mouths, you know, that, that aren't of that age uh, are getting, are getting injured. So really a a important issue uh, to make people aware of. Wow. And, 
Wow. You know, I was going to ask you, so these are some of those magnetic toys where you build things and that sort of thing. And, and sometimes those magnets probably could fall out of those. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Things, right? But yeah. then for you to say that it's also about stuff that you might have on your desk, that's true, right? Those little sort of fidget things for us, right? Where you want to, you take yeah. the little flakes of metal and you build a little, whatever sculpture with them using that magnet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I actually want to, I just want to, we're probably going to get to social media soon, but I, this is just uh, the last year we did um, raise awareness about uh, social media challenge involving high powered magnets. And it's just a good example that these types of toys and magnets aren't just risks for younger children, also for teens. It's something for families to really be aware of. Uh, because the, the social media challenge um, encouraged uh, teens to use high-powered magnets to mimic lip and tongue piercings. <gasps> um, yeah, and, and teens were accidentally, unintentionally swallowing the magnets. And serious, serious lifelong injuries occurred to some of these children. Oh. Um, so, you know, there's a couple issues there. Um, and uh, something we can dive into uh, more also is that, um, you know, we're talking about a product that's potentially dangerous and we're talking about social media influence, uh, oh, which we all know is, plays a large role in our children's lives. So there's a double issue there. Wow. That's, that's I mean, such a great point. The, the Tide Pod challenge for Pete's sake, yeah. you know, hit social media too. And uh Oh my goodness. That's such an important, that's such an important point. And, and I, yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> I need a second. That's so true. It's so true. And so I'm of course thinking little kids, but yeah, you're right. Those bigger kids are doing things too. And they don't really have, you know, naturally as a teenager, they are risk takers. That's just what's happening in their brains. And they don't have full access to the part of their brain that has reasoning and rational thought, right? And to be able to forecast consequences. So it's the perfect storm, really. Exactly. Um, I, let me give you another example of another item that is on our summer safety traps list, um, also involving a potentially dangerous product and social media. Uh, which is, uh, it was in social media, it was called the Orbeez Challenge. I don't know if you've heard of that. Orbeez um, Challenge. Yeah, I, I know a little bit about it, but please but, tell me. But um, uh, allegedly, teens are encouraged to take these guns that shoot, I have one here, I can show you in a minute, that shoot gel balls and, um, and target uh, bystanders in, in communities uh, out in public. So uh, recently, a 16-year-old uh, allegedly, uh, because of one of these challenges, um, and allegedly, uh, this is what happened, he shot a teen girl and she injured her eye and he was arrested. So, you know, the consequences are injury, but also in this instance, a real life consequence of an arrest. Um, and, uh, and there's been many reports of injuries related to these high power, so they're high powered toy guns. Uh, some of these toy guns can shoot up to 200 feet. So we're talking, you know, some of the impact can be quite serious. And every year we actually talk about high powered uh, toy guns, whether they're water guns, dark guns, or in this case, gel ball guns, um, because there, there is actually, they, 
without the social media influence is a triple threat here. You, um, you have the threat of, uh, in some cases, the ammunition can be a choking hazard to younger children. Older children are playing with them in the lawn, the ammunition, uh, actually this is the ammunition for the gel balls. This is after they're soaked in water. They, they oh my like goodness. That. I didn't even and know. And there's actually a choking hazard warning on, on many of these products, but it's the left in the yard and your younger children are playing in the yard. So that's one of the three uh, hazards. There's that. There's the potential for eye injuries, which can be, you know, permanent and serious. And um, I've seen a lot of eye injuries from high powered toy guns over the years. Um, then there's the um, issue of realistic looking toy weaponry. You know, I just want to hold this. I have like, this is one of the, one of the guns. Oh my goodness. So, you know, imagine it's dark outside the kids playing with this in a, in a public area. Now, one of, I don't know if it's this one or another one, but one of the, one of the toy guns I have actually has a warning on it saying, uh, you know, not to play in public areas because uh, law enforcement can mistake them for a real weapon. Um, but tragedies have happened when yes. uh, toy guns have been mistaken for real weapons. So those are just three hazards associated with, you know, potential hazards with one type of product. And then you add in social media influence, which during COVID, um, you, you know, social media soared. It, it was just, um, you know, kids were stuck at home and isolated from their peers. Um, and then you have the summer, they have more free time on their hands. So important issue for the summer and year round. Okay. So that opens up a lot of questions for me. First of all, I actually, when you started talking about the Orbeez challenge, I'm like, yeah, I know. I think I know that I have never heard that. So, whoa, yeah. for one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, so, okay. So the ammunition in and of itself. So you're saying Orbeez, it's essentially an Orbee, but it's made for that gun. So this gun is supposed to shoot these gel balls. Is that correct? Well, let me clarify the, the gel balls. They're not all Orbeez brand. It could be no. you know, any, any brand. And, um, yeah. and these, these guns, I have another one. I'll show you. They all don't look alike. Um, this is, this is another one. They actually look like okay. kind of the super soaker water guns, but they're made to, yes, to shoot the gel balls. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's new for me. I haven't obviously been in a toy store for a while. I don't, I don't know they have those here. So, okay. Good to know. And that those, the, the ammunition itself, yes, definitely can be a choking hazard. And, and the sneaky thing about those, uh, that ammunition, and please tell me if this is not true, but I would guess that it would dry up and go into that little bead that it is. But then when there's rain and, uh, or water or whatever, they're going to re they're going to sort of re, um, re, gather the water again. And I, I want to say reinflate. I know that's the wrong word, but you know what I mean? So couldn't it be also a problem later too, that, you know, I, I, they, they're sitting around, you know, I think that's an important issue. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. I know that, you know, they start, it's hard to see. They start out looking like this. It's these tiny little pellets. Yeah. You soak them and they become the bigger ones. I don't know how long that lasts, yeah. um, but it's, you know, when you see, you see a warning for a choking hazard, relating to it. And then you put that toy into use in real life. There's an inconsistency there. Right. Now, the other question I have is, and, and by the way, for anybody listening, if you do want to see what we're talking about, please 
have a have a look at us uh, or my my channel on YouTube. It's Parenting for Connection, and uh, all of my uh, all of my podcast episodes are there. So please do uh, please do join me there, and you can watch us talk instead of just listen. And uh, there is a link in the show notes to to my channel. Uh, so what I wanted to say is the gun that you first showed me, which is really a rifle and it looks like it has a big long silencer on it. The, the gun itself looks like it's black and gray camouflage kind of a look to it with the silencer being big, long black. So yes, it, it definitely does look like it could be a real gun. Is there not any kind of regulation that says that it has to have something fluorescent or has to have something to show that it's a toy to law enforcement? I thought that was something that had to happen. Many, many uh, states and provinces, they have regulations um, that the tip has to be orange. Um, right. But even, even uh, with that regulation, you know, when it's dark out, that may not be something mm. that's visible. Uh, a few years ago was a trend. Uh, some kids were, you know, covering that up. And, Painting or, yeah. yeah. Um, I could see that too. So there's a lot of different scenarios there. Okay. So that doesn't really stop much. That yeah. little end piece. Okay. Oh my goodness. So, and that eye injury is, is that really the, the biggest problem with those guns is, is the eye? Um, I, I would say eye I'm injuries joking. are one of the biggest problems because, um, uh, you know, again, these can really shoot with some tremendous force that some are, are worse than others in that sense. Uh, and um, I mean, we, we've seen eye injuries, you know, from uh, Nerf guns too, not just these. And yeah, this actually brings up an important point that a lot of times parents have a false sense of security that something's safe because there's a word or, you know, a brand name is familiar or, you know, yeah. maybe the word Nerf implies something soft to say. Um, but even that type of ammunition can potentially cause a very, very serious eye injury. So, um, some of the, some of the items are sold with, uh, goggles that you wear some right. even we found, uh, we found, um, high powered gun toy guns that are sold with the goggles, uh, protective gear, but then you have a picture on the cover of the box that shows the kids playing without the goggles. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's inconsistent marketing, uh, going back to your earlier point, what are some of this? the safety issues with toys. And that's, that's one of the issues because, you know, what's the expression pictures are worth a, a thousand words, you know, not just kids, but families mimic what they see. Well, it's okay. They're playing without their protective gear on the cover exactly. of the actual product. It's influential to your exactly. child, right? And yeah. that kid looks cool on the box and yeah. uh, mom makes me wear the the glasses. I don't want to wear the glasses. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We, whenever there was a big nerf war happening in, 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 in my house or in my yard. Uh, yeah. Those kids were wearing safety goggles, but I, but they didn't want to. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's something that I've heard a lot about lately too, and that is these e-bikes or e-scooters, things like that, that are, their batteries are exploding. What is that about? And do you cover, you must cover that off. So I, uh, that's a really important issue. Um, I'm not familiar specifically with the types of batteries that are in e-bikes, but if it's anything like hoverboards, which, you know, are that like the batteries just, have, as you, you've read about them spontaneously explode. Sometimes it seems, Whoa. and, um, and 
kids and adults are at risk uh, from these battery explosions. And again, the products just shouldn't be out there if this is happening. That's something that should be caught in, in the manufacturing process. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, back to e-bikes, the e-bikes, the use of e-bikes really uh, saw an astronomical explosion, uh, not e-scooters e and as well as uh, non-motorized non scooters, both saw an explosion in use during COVID because it's a great way, you know, parents think to keep kids active and, you know, you're not being exposed to large groups. Um, right. But, but e-scooters are not, you know, are not for kids. The American Academy of Pediatricians says, you know, no one under 16 should be on an e-scooter. Uh, one of the problems is sometimes the apps, uh, I've never used one, but that you use to sign up for them. They don't ask for parental consent. So this oh. kind of easy access to these e-scooters, um, but there are millions of users uh, for these scooters. And then going back to non-motorized scooters, Many parents are surprised to learn that it's the uh, toy with the highest injury rate for the last few years. Really? Uh, more kids are injured on non-motorized scooters than any other toy. Um, so it actually, in the summer, we have a summer safety report, which we're talking about where we talk about 10, 10 summer safety hazards. But in the fall, we have our 10 worst toy list and scooters are usually on it just for the sheer fact that they have the most toy related injuries. Um, oh and uh, sometimes the injuries are from a fall, uh, sometimes from a motor vehicle. Uh, just yeah. really something to be aware of. Um, and even a, I think another, going back to myth, another myth is that um, you, you know, you, you have to be a pie on a bike or something to be injured from a fall, but a child can be injured from a very short fall, even on a tiny toy scooter. Really? So if you choose to have your parents, if you choose to have your children ride non-motorized scooters, you know, make sure that they have the appropriate safety gear, helmets, yeah. you know, you know, elbow pads, knee pads, whatever's recommended for that specific item. Right. Oh my gosh. That is such good information. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, one thing I was going to add about the battery powered stuff is when you look at gas prices, people are going to go to, uh, you know, these battery powered bikes and scooters and, you know, different things just because I can get to work the mm -hmm. easier, right. Or I can get yes from A to B to school to whatever. So it does pose a, a, a risk, I would say, I would think to children, adolescents and adults, really, right? Yeah, absolutely, yes. Yeah, just the other day I was driving, uh, I was driving in Vancouver and uh, I saw somebody on like a unicycle sort of a, I, I don't know, it, like a Segway only it's one wheel and it has like foot pedals on either side. And he's just sort of like, you know, ducking and weaving through people and whatever. And it looks super cool, but you know, with that comes risks too. And I don't know if he was wearing a helmet to be honest. So. I, I've seen those and it looks, I mean, in my opinion, super, super unsafe, but I don't know how people ride them. I, I, I it's a mystery to me. How they... I don't either. I didn't, I didn't pull over and ask him, Yeah, yeah. but, uh, so, okay. So this has all been so great. And really this is not to scare parents. This is to empower them to know what to look for, right? If you don't know what you don't know, you can't look for it. And so people like you, Joan are just 
so important. We need people like you. Thank you so much for what you are doing. And I, I want to say that you have given us a, a toolbox item, which is just a one pager of summer safety myths. So you can go to the parent toolbox, which is www.parent-toolbox.com. And you can get this toolbox item and so many more from the parent toolbox. Don't forget to, um, to watch us on YouTube. Like I said, it's parenting for connection and please subscribe and share this with everybody, you know, because if you know other people with little littles or teens or adults for that matter, please share this. So we keep ourselves safe. Right. And, uh, and I want to just call out your website. It is toysafety.org. And you can see the summer safety list there, the summer safety report and the 10 worst toy list as well. Um, Can I turn it over to you? Any last words that you have, anything that you want the parents listening to know before we sign off? Um, First of all, Robin, thank you again so much for helping get this information out there. And I I do encourage people to go uh, to the website because there's so much more information that's impossible to touch upon in this amount of time. Um, And um, if there's, you know, one last message I'd like to give parents and caregivers is that, you know, there are, you know, summertime uh, is usually a time when injuries to children double, but many yeah, I know it's a crazy statistic, but many of those injuries are preventable. Mm-hmm. So arm yourself with information, be your own investigators. Uh, don't assume that because the toy or um, you know, children's product is out there being used, that it's been vetted and safe. Um, because really uh, knowledge is power and can, can save lives. Wow. Yeah. You know, and it just makes me think that we just have to be, you just have to be your own advocate. You've got to look at stuff and say, you know what? I don't know about that. Nah, it doesn't look safe to me. Like go with your gut too. Yeah. Not just blind trust. Yes. And I think I've done that. I've definitely done that, you know, yeah. and we could have avoided some injuries in my own house. So uh, thank you so much, Joan. Again, it's toysafety.org and all the information is there. And then of course you can have that one pager of, uh, of summer safety myths. Again, thank you for being here. And, uh, and thank you for the work that you're doing to keep us all safe. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.